When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. When the game is over, the fun begins. Interviews, highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers. 6.30 Chad. Minutes remain in the third period. Gets off. Drag move right around Lucic. Heading out wide. Centering pass tipped in a sprawling Talbot able to come up with it as Eves couldn't free his stick for a real clean shot. He was hogtied by Chris Russell. Anybody want to volunteer to drive the getaway vehicle? Because Cam Talbot has just committed robbery. A brilliant performance by the Edmonton goaltender, the Edmonton Oilers goaltender in Anaheim. He makes 39 saves, and the Oilers hang on to beat the Ducks 2-1, and they go up 2-0 in the best of seven, winning both of the games in Anaheim. They're coming home Sunday at 5. It's going to be loud at Rogers Place. Hope you've had a great Friday night. How about that? The Oilers get it done again along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630. Ched, that opening highlight, Talbot's save of the game for Armour Insurance. Protect your car, home and business with Armour at armorinsurance.ca. We'll be hearing more save highlights throughout the evening and into the morning here. Rob and you could see it early. I mean, you never know exactly how good he's be, but but you could see it early that Talbot seemed very controlled and very locked in. Yeah, it's it's something that we've seen over and over and over again this season. Let's it, hold on, Rob. We're going to go back live to Anaheim. Here's Todd McClellan. Hero, and if you don't have one, you're out. And tonight, fair to say, your goalie was your hero. Yeah, the one wearing the big pads was our hero tonight, and um, you know, I had a tremendous game. We weren't. Uh, we weren't the same team as we were in the first game, but they weren't either. They pushed us hard, and they did a lot of good things tonight. And um, We know moving forward we're going to have to be a lot better, but that's okay. We have a, an opportunity to park this one and, and try and fix some things. But while all that's going on, the goaltender stood on his head. And, um, you know, based on all my years of watching the playoffs and, and being involved in them, often your goaltender ends up being one of your top two or three players when it's all said and done and uh, Talbs was number one tonight Todd over here uh, to sorry. your right sorry. Uh, there have been obviously uh, quite a few changes to your roster in the time you've been with this team what have you seen in the last month or so in terms of this group coming together and, and each player kind of well, assuming their role yeah we're a, we're a very close group um, I think all the misery that a lot of the players have been through um you know, as as it began to turn, uh, players were unified. They uh, they believed in each other. They do a lot of things together. Um, the players that were added by Peter and his staff fit the the personality of the team. And then the uh, you know the the ability to to stick with it, to hold your hand, not to fold it um, on night, not, nights like tonight when it wasn't going our way it certainly wasn't uh, at least in the second half of the game uh, but we found a way to stick with it 
and um, that builds character, brings the team together, and uh, they've done a good job. The players have done a really good job. Uh, Todd, for uh, for a few years, I mean, Talbot was sort of an understudy to, to Henrik Lundqvist. Now he's the man for you guys. How much do you think he's relishing this opportunity, and can you see it that he's enjoying just being the guy in net for you guys? Well, he's certainly enjoying it. Um, he likes the opportunity just to play, and it's a lot more fun when you win a game and you play like that. Of course he's going to be happy, but he he wants to be in goal every night. There was um, a lot written and talked about, about, you know, is Talb's tired? Are you playing him too much? Um, it was like pulling hair. To, to keep him out of the crease or to give him an off day. He loves to put the pads on and get out there and play. And, and um, I think part of his um, desire and, and ability to keep going rubs off on the rest of the guys as well. So he's, uh, you know, he's our go-to guy. He's earned every every minute of it, and uh, he craves more. Todd, you knew Anaheim was going to be desperate tonight. So how big is that first goal and the first shot of the game when Sakara's Buckets well, the back it was, of the net. It was big. Um, you know what it did was take the, uh, the the energy out of the building for a little while, which which certainly helped us. Um, thought the first ten minutes the the rhythm worked our way a little bit too with some of the line things that, that were going on and and uh, you know and then after that the game settled in and, and they were probably the better team. Uh, well, they were the better team after that. We got some breaks and we got some great goaltending and. Um, but you have to you have to find ways in the playoffs to win these type of games. You, you just have to. It's not a bed of roses all the way through. And we did it. We know we have to be better. Every one of those players will be telling you that tonight, and uh, we'll have to find ways to do it. Frank? Todd, for all that Talbot's accomplished this year, can you put your finger on maybe why he's been a little bit underappreciated nationally or around the league? I mean, this is a guy that for leading as many games as he played and leading the league in wins and being up there he wasn't an all-star he's not a finalist for any trophies and is now all of a sudden getting some respect you guys would have to answer that question not me um i appreciate the hell out of this guy like i see him every day and he works his butt off and um i understand there's some very dominant goaltenders and you can't have eight nominees for uh you know for the the heart trophy or for the top goaltender but um I think our guy should be there, but that's maybe I'm a little biased, but that's probably a question, you know, if I could hand the mic to the rest of the media here that that vote on it, they could give you probably a much more accurate answer than, than me, but I know where my vote would have went to. Uh, two questions. Uh, how's Drake Kajula? He's fine. And um, you guys, you always talk about learning new things and experiencing new things and all that. This is a new one. You haven't been up 2 nothing in a series. Coming home for game three, the city is on fire. Uh, how do you coach your way around this one? Well, we, we first of all, we rest. Um, rest is uh, a key, key tool in, in the playoffs. We rest, we review, and we try and make some adjustments to improve. Because we know going home and playing like that, it doesn't matter if the, if the city's going crazy and everybody's going to be behind us. If we go home and play like that, we're playing with fire and we're probably not going to have success. So we know we have to get better, which I think is a good thing for us, actually. We know we have to be better. Um, but our players will be looking forward to getting back to uh, to Rogers' place there and, and uh, knowing that, uh, what do they call it, the Orange Crush will be behind us. And uh, it's exciting. Edmonton should be enjoying it. 
Can you speak just to the idea of the opportunity you have being up to nothing going on? Well, we have an opportunity to win game three. That's it. Uh, when you start thinking big picture, whether you're up or down, you're in trouble. And, um, you know, that lack of experience, as Speck mentioned, we haven't, we haven't been up to nothing in a, in a series. Um, so it's a new experience for us. Uh, the lack of experience may be a good thing for us. We just got we just got to focus on getting better. We weren't very good tonight. Todd, what have you liked the most about your your power play in this series? I know tonight Patrick got to the front of the net and get, made some things happen. Yeah, we weren't um, we certainly weren't clean, uh, but I think we generated eight or nine shots on goal on the power play, and um, we went from being a little bit frustrated to scoring a, a real important goal, and. Um, you know, that created a little momentum. It, it allowed us to stretch the, the game out a little bit longer, and it, it, it set them back a little bit. Their push didn't come quicker because of it, if that makes any sense. Todd, we... Oh. Uh, Todd, kind of a two-part question. Uh, one, what, what have you guys done between games to keep Cam fresh with this workload he's had? And two, just, you know, how having stable goaltending a legit number one kind of lets everybody else play their game? Well, goaltending is 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 a must in this league. It, for me, it's like pitching in baseball. If you don't have it, good luck. Um, you know, so Cam provides that, and he allows other players to to recover from mistakes because he's the last line of defense. And um, you know, our group really believes in him. As far as his rest goes, he's uh, again we've run him 72 games or whatever. He's learned that throughout the season. Um, how to manage himself. Dustin Schwartz, our goaltender coach, does a, a tremendous job with him, and and um, you know he'll have to continue to do that. But I also think he's an efficient goaltender. He's not wasting a lot of energy, and you know you see some goalies when the whistle comes, they're skating over from corner to corner and up and down and stretching. He just calmly waits for the next play and conserves energy. Todd, I'll try not to cloud the question with my own impression, but I'm just curious. You've talked about how the group struggled tonight. Does Ryan Nugent Hopkins delineate himself any differently in that regard with his performance sure. tonight? I'm Did not... he stick out in a positive way? I thought he had a good night, yes. He, uh, he had some hard, hard minutes. Um, you know, I, I, Ryan Getzlav is one of the best players in the game. If he isn't in the top ten, uh, I don't know who is. His size, his strength, his ability to win face-offs. It's a big guy to haul around all night. And, and for me, Ryan is... Ryan Getzlav is a very focused player right now, so it makes that task even tougher for, for Nuge. I thought he rose to the occasion. Live comments from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Cam Talbot leading the way tonight with 39 saves. The Oilers were outshot 40-23, but they win game two in Anaheim 2-1. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on 630 Ched. We have open lines at 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. More post-game reaction, more analysis, all coming up. If you're on hold, stay there. Quick two-minute news and weather update and then we're back this is overtime open line brought to you by the canadian brew house on oilers radio 6 30 chad the fourth line for the ducks lead pass left wing edmonton attacking and it's Connor mcdavid buried against the quarter boards by manson and then a rip job by sekras in the back of the net andre sekra blows it past john gibson blocker side and 65 seconds into the game edmonton has taken a one-nothing lead in game two
Quick start for the Oilers tonight. Sekra, his first of the playoffs, unassisted. Maroon got a power play goal in the second frame. Silverberg, a power play reply for the Ducks, also in the second period. That was it for the scoring, but not the action. Anaheim all over Edmonton most of the night. Cam Talbot dialed in. The Oilers win it 2-1. They lead the series 2-1. Nothing. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the phone number. Rob, you were just starting to talk when we got Todd McClellan live. We're going to get to Zach on the phone line in a sec to kick off the calls. But I, I mentioned to you, you could get the sense early that Talbot seemed very locked in tonight. Yeah, and we've seen that over and over this season. And, and he looks comfortable. He looks calm. He, he he reads the play well. He's getting into position. There's no rebounds. But what also we saw tonight with, with Cam was something that we don't see a whole lot because he's always so efficient, is the battle. And there was about three or four scrambles tonight where he was turning backwards, upside down, throwing his arms, throwing his legs. We don't usually see that, but it was the battle in him knowing he'd do anything it took to keep the puck out of the net. He had to fight through big bodies. He had to fight through his own players, try to find the puck, and he did a wonderful job at that too. So Cam Talbot was the reason the Oilers won tonight and a big reason why the Oilers right now are six and two so far in the playoffs. All right, we have Zach on the phone line. Zach, thanks for calling. Go ahead. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, what a what a night! I mean, we were lucky to win it, I suppose. But um, Cam Talbot, like you can't say more about him. He was incredible. He's uh, he's been great all year. Um, besides the you know seven nothing game, he's been awesome. Um, I think he's the best goaltender left in the playoffs. Um, but the whole team is coming up. I mean, look who's winning. Uh, look who's scoring the winning goals for us. We've got DeHarnay, we've got Cassian, we've got everyone. Larson, everyone is contributing. I really feel this is a deep team, and like, I think we can do some damage this year. Well, this they're two. The end for us. They're two wins away from the the Western Finals, Zach, and we we're not counting chickens. But I, I'd sooner be up two nothing than down two nothing. Thanks for calling. And they are getting contributions from all parts of the lineup. Uh, I mean, Secker and Maroon, maybe not as unlikely goal scorers as, as some of the other guys. But, yeah, I, and I mean, if, if this were a regular season game, maybe you're distressed about the, the shots. It, no team has ever won a Stanley Cup without a goaltender stealing one of the 16 wins along the way, or sometimes two, three, or four. I mean, I can remember... The Montreal Canadiens getting outplayed in 1986 and again in 1993, you know, and, and a guy named Patrick Watt. I'm not putting Talbot on that uh, no. on that tier, but, 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 that's, but I mean, that, that that's my point. The goaltending is the most important position in the game. Well, he's part of the team, and he was a big part of the team tonight. Uh, the Oilers' depth over the last number of years has been their Achilles heel. They've had some good top-end players. But when those top-end players got shut down, they had nobody to pick up the slack. And every year it seemed like, okay, we got a new third and fourth line we're bringing in. Or we brought another fourth line. We got a new centerman to take draws later down in our, in our lineup. And it was just fail after fail after fail. Players that would last a season here, if that, or season and a half, and they were moved on because they couldn't do what this team needed them to do. Peter Shirelli came in and, and, and found depth. Found depth players that could play, but depth players with character that fit into a mold that he wanted this team to become. And now we're seeing the fruition of that here in the playoffs when the top players are held off the score sheet. And that happens in the playoffs because that's what the other team's sole purpose is. Shut down the other team's top players and see if their depth can beat us. And thus far in the playoffs, the others' depth have won them hockey games. 
2-1. The Oilers take it tonight. Tony is on the line. Tony, good to hear from you. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing well. So I have a question for Rob. And, you know, I understand to a point that, you know, once a t- once the opposing team scores a goal, it kind of deflates you, right? But my biggest question is, you know, we had an, we had an intermission to actually – you know, wake up and be like, okay, we got to play that period. We got to come out stronger in the next period. But yet we came out, and honestly, from what I saw, we played flat. We could not get the puck out of our zone, and the only times that we did were basically when McDavid's line was on and during the power play, and that was about it. Like, at any other time, it was basically in their zone until about the last five minutes, we just kept on chipping it out. Yeah, but saying that we should have come out in the third period and dominated the third, not giving enough credit to the Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks are a good hockey club, a very, very good hockey club. They were more desperate in the third period than the Edmonton Oilers because they had to be. The Oilers have already won up on the se- in the series. They're winning the game. They've got, they did not have to do anything special in the third period. The Anaheim Ducks did. And you saw that the Anaheim threw everything they had at them. And it just wasn't enough because of Cam Talbot. So I don't... It, this was not the best game for the Edmonton Oilers. They need to be better going forward. But you can't just sit in the dressing room and say, you know, we're going to go out. That wasn't very good. We're going to be better this period. Anaheim came out, and they just... Their will to be in the third period, to be the better team, was more than the Oilers. And that's because they needed it more. Yeah, Tony, I mean, that's a good, it's a good question. And sometimes the intermission or a little break does make a difference. But, I mean, let's look back, uh, what, a week and a half ago. The Oilers outplayed San Jose in the third period in Game 5, tied the game, and then that domination <laughs> continued in overtime. I mean, I'm sure San Jose was thinking, oh, okay, we tried to protect the lead and it didn't work. We better get it going. But but by that time, the, the tide had already turned. So, I, I, you know, fair question. Sometimes it, make, it makes a difference, but it was just a game where Anaheim was keeping more pucks alive, certainly winning more face-offs. That was a big difference as well as they win 64% of the draws tonight and Rob you and I were saying watching the game together there were three times in the third period the Oilers won a defensive zone draw cleanly and still didn't get the puck. You know and Anaheim again Anaheim is good and they needed it and they came out and when you're protecting a lead and we've seen this time and time again not just the Oilers all the teams we saw San Jose in the last Series. When you're protecting a lead, you get into a bit of a shell. So you stop doing some of the things that made you successful earlier in the game because you don't want to get burnt with that, that long pass, that breakaway pass. And it's, it's something you don't want to get into, but you do. It's human nature. And you go look at any, any game around the National Hockey League. The team with the lead, usually in the third period, is a little more defensive, don't get out of their end as much, and they try to weather the storm. Tonight, the Oilers weathered it because their goaltender was better than the Anaheim Ducks' Gibson. So the Oilers have won four straight going back to the first round against Anaheim. They win 5-3 and then 2-1. No Japanese Village goal light tonight. The Oilers have to score five or more like they did in Game 1. When they do hit that plateau, we turn on the goal light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer that you can use at one of the three Japanese Village locations in Edmonton downtown south side and north side all right seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three we have Lucas on the line Lucas thanks for calling hello Lucas uh, go ahead I'm calling from Brisbane hey I'm calling from Brisbane Australia 
uh, an avid Oilers fan down here and down under. And I've got three quick things for you tonight. Uh, the first two are uh, appreciation. Shout out uh, about Cam Talbot. Firstly, thank you, thank you, thank you, Glenn Sather, for helping the Oilers organization out with a legitimate number one goaltender. It's, it must be so good for the guys playing in front of him to know night in, night out that he's going to bail them out, which is fantastic. So thanks to the Rangers organization for helping out there. Uh, secondly, tonight I thought Talbot was absolutely an animal. A dead set beast just kept us in the game, made important saves when he had to. And the third thing, a question for you, is do you read any more into what uh, McClellan said tonight about Kajula? He just said that he was fine. Um, I didn't see him back on in the third period at all. Did, do you guys have any more information about whether he's injured or Yeah, we don't and we won't we won't get anything else. That's a good question. He did come out and and quickly skate at the start of the third period and then went back to the dressing room. So hopefully yeah. he's he's okay. Um I think McClellan saying he's fine probably means that it's nothing serious, but it doesn't necessarily mean he'll play in game 3. At least that's how I would interpret it, Rob. I mean, it's not something broken or no, like no. A, like <laughs> well, he know. went on the boards pretty hard, and he probably was shaken up and, and and tried to shake it off and come back. But as we heard Oscar Clefbaum talk about in the last series, you don't want to come back unless you're 100 percent and be selfish. And you, in a one goal game, and you cause the the tying goal, you cause a mistake because you're not at your best. So hopefully it's nothing major. Hopefully we see him next game. Uh, he did have a couple of nice rushes today, and the one where he got injured, that was a great yeah. play, just driving the net with his speed. So uh, we will see when he gets back, but we will not know until game time because the Oilers will not give you, and any NHL team will not give you any information on a player that's hurt. Lucas, tell us a little bit about living in Australia and cheering for the Oilers. How come? Uh, how come? Uh, I got into the Edmonton Oilers because uh, one of my favorite bands is from that area sort of thing, and and they were repping an, an NHL Oilers logo with their band name on it many years ago. Um, what else can I tell you? There's which which band? Brisbane. Which uh, the band? The band's called Misery Signals. They're from uh, uh, Saskatchewan. Oh really? Okay. I hope you don't cheer for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That'd be awful. <laughs> no, I do not. But, um, but what I was about to say was, there's actually there's a there's a Brisbane ice hockey league here that I play in too, which is amazing. So. Um, playing just get out there and play beer league on a Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, which is really good. So, awesome, Lucas. Thank you so much yeah. for calling and listening, man. Yeah, thank you, thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, long time listener, first time caller, and I'll be calling back. Thanks. Right on. Hope he does. That's Lucas checking in from Australia. It's unbelievable how people from all over all over the world have have called into this show. It's kind of neat. It's 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 amazing. And some of the texts and tweets and emails we've had. And I actually had a uh, an interview with an Australian fan, Rob. I think you saw that one. On, yep. on, on we had him on Inside Sports as well, who traveled here for the last regular season game and then the first couple of playoff games. So it is. That's the best part of this job. Just yes. getting to talk talk to people and, and meet people electronically I suppose but it, it's it's still it's it's pretty cool and you realize the importance of sports mm-hmm. and how unifying it can be oh yeah well it's sports I mean for me sports has, has been my life mm-hmm. and and now when you have kids and you grow up and you have the same sports teams that you cheer for and it just brings you together and, and brings people together like right now an entire city is together everybody's high-fiving slapping each other on the back beeping their horns 
Everyone in Edmonton right now is smiling and should be because their Edmonton Oilers right now are up two to nothing. Two one win tonight. That means a fifty dollar donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation from Booster Juice and Oasis of Fresh Just in a Fast Paced World all season long. They've been giving twenty five dollars for every goal the Oilers have scored. Scott on the line. Scott, did I not talk to you on Inside Sports last night? No, you you talked to me earlier on in the day when you uh, when I got those free tickets. Okay. Maybe, that's, uh, maybe oh, that was earlier, yeah. But anyways, I wanted to thank you so much for those. Caffeine definitely was the right answer for those. Right, yeah, that was loud. That was Thursday night inside yeah. sports, yeah. You know, Reed, my mind is so just around the world right now because <laughs> everyone was just so crazy in Roger's place. It was pandemonium. I swear, like, we, we cheered louder when Talbot made a great save than when Anaheim scored the goal. Like, you know, for, for a game that's 3,000 miles away, the Edmonton fans really outdid, outdid themselves. That's awesome to hear, buddy. And you, and you said you hadn't been in Rogers Place before, right? Well, I took my dad there for the tour. Oh, right. Sorry. Okay. Right, but we haven't been in there since. And so when I asked him if he wanted to go, he's like, oh, you know, the watch party, you know, he, he, did, he didn't really know what to expect, right? And I said, you got to come with. And he's like, okay, yeah, I'll check it out, whatever. He was blown away. He's never see, he never even thought that it was going to be like that. It was I, literally like playoff hockey atmosphere with the team in the building. I I told everyone coming out of the game, I said that's the best game I've never been to. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, no, I we haven't obviously we, we're doing it from the studio here. How is it watching on the big screen? Is it pretty cool? Oh, it was fantastic. Like you guys had great seats. It was awesome. It was right in section one twenty nine, twenty five rows up, sitting right below like the theater boxes. Oh yeah, and 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 perfect view of the screen. I mean, like you could not have honestly asked for a better view of of the game. Like so seriously, sitting there, guys, watching the big screen, you would almost forget that you weren't at the game. Well, that's cool. That is really like cool. You were sitting there at the loge level tables, almost kind of that same view, and it was like you were right there. That's awesome, Scott. Thanks for calling in, and we really appreciate you listening. No worries, man. Great to see the fever back in Edmonton. They definitely deserved it. They waited a long time for it and stuff, and, you know, we're bringing Stanley back, man. I guarantee it. Awesome stuff, Scott. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Uh, my adjustment of the game is just going to be the fever. Being <laughs> the in the fever. playoffs and the new building. Those are two big adjustments this year. Better team and a new building. Well, yeah. Those are pretty much the biggest ones you could have. They, 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 the team, they, there has been an adjustment over the last couple of years, and it's been fun watching it. Got a text here from Daryl who says, Rob, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed to me McClellan didn't play McDavid that often in the first half of the third. It looked to me like his game plan was to defend and not stick with what made them successful. I think he's a brilliant coach, but it looked to me like he changed the game plan from the first period. Uh, well, I didn't notice that, that McDavid wasn't out there. McDavid played 23 minutes, which is above his season average in a game that didn't go into overtime. So uh, I, I don't know. He had 34 shifts in the game, and I think the only... I don't know if there's a player that had more shifts than him in the game. There's a couple that played there, more there than might him. Have been, and I, and you know what, Daryl? There, there might have been one shift early in the third where I think McDavid might have been briefly skipped because of a because of a defensive zone faceoff. Because I rem- there was one time I remember thinking I thought McDavid would have been up, but I don't think it was an extended skipping. No, I I, I didn't notice that he, he wasn't out there. I honestly did because they only had they only played three lines. The Deharnay line only played seven minutes tonight, 
in the game. So is that all he played? Seven fifty. Yeah. So I I don't see. I mean, that means they would have only played two lines at the beginning of the third period, and they didn't do that. So I I didn't see it. Maybe. Maybe he took a short shift and you didn't notice him. I, I don't know, but I never noticed that myself. I think Sava was at the game tonight. Is that true, Sava? Yes, it was. I was with a buddy of mine, Vasla, and uh, we got here early. We uh, we had a great time. It was the greatest experience at that Oiler game. We uh, took over the bar across the street from the Duck Stadium. There were so many Oiler fans out there. Everybody from Edmonton, Edmonton came down. We took over the patio, and then every time... And Anaheim fan came in. They got a nice little bronze here, and they went directly into the bar. They didn't. There were no Ducks fans on the patio. It was great. Because you're from San Diego, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Are you driving home tonight or staying in Anaheim? No, we're staying up in LA. Uh, we got something going on the uh, next day, so we're staying up there. So, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. We uh, my buddy Voss also made that great T-shirt. I don't know if you guys maybe saw it on Twitter. It's uh, Lucci Smash picture of the Hulk, but we put Lucci's face on it. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't see that. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, it was just a great experience, and I hope not to see any more uh, Ducks games here in Anaheim. Uh, maybe in Nashville or St. Louis, but none down here. Yeah, good point, buddy. Thanks for calling, man. It's always good to hear from you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I love listening to you guys. Take care. Have a good night. Right on. That's Salva checking in, 780-496-0063. He's the man of the hour. Let's go back to Honda Center. He stole the show tonight. He's the first star. Oilers goaltender, Cam Kelman. Uh, I mean, we got a big goal early, which really helped too. So, I mean, uh, we, we started the game the way we wanted to start it. And uh, down the stretch, uh, we bent, but we didn't break. And that's the sign of a good team down the stretch. Oh, have you been a good bounce back goalie all year? How did you think you played in game one? And you know, yeah, I mean, I felt that I was pretty good through the first couple of periods the other night, and then a uh, couple of bad rebounds in the in the third gave him a chance to come back. But uh, I thought I settled down after that and carried it over into this game. So I thought I was seeing the puck well tonight, and the guys did a great job of uh, kind of boxing out and let me see that first shot tonight, and I was able to control a lot of the rebounds, which helped. In the last 10 minutes, they had a couple that uh, hit the pipe. Uh, uh, when you were a gold, gold tender, what does that make you feel like? Uh, unless I hear the horn go off, it makes me feel pretty good. So, uh, I mean, they're, they got some big bodies in front and good guys in front of the net with sticks. So, I mean, uh, their deer are going to make some of those shots. And uh, I just got to do everything I can to, to find those sight lines. They got a, a couple of good screens on me there, and luckily we uh, uh, didn't get burned on them. In New York, you saw Henrik Lundqvist sort of be the guy. What's it like being the man here on a playoff run? Uh, I mean, it's just great to be part of this group. I mean, we're we're coming together as a group at the right time right now, and our confidence is riding pretty high. So, I mean, as as a goaltender, it's just fun to play behind a team like that. So, I'm uh, I'm relishing the fact right now. Cam Talbot makes 39 saves, including 16 in the third period. Yeah, a couple hit the post, but they didn't go in, and the Oilers get the 2-1 win over the Ducks. Talbot, the first star, gets laugh, and Fowler rounding out the three stars. Our fourth star of the game is courtesy of Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. I thought RNH had a very strong game for, for the Oilers. He's in a tough position having to play against Ryan Getzlaff all night long. Getzlaff probably has him by about 60 pounds and four or five inches, and Nuge battled hard tonight. So my four star of the game will be RNH. All right, we have Braden on the line. Braden, thanks a lot for calling. Hey, I just wanted to say I think Nugent Hopkins has played a little bit too much. I think he had there was a time when he had the power play, and it, it was a power play for Anaheim, and Nugent Hopkins was supposed to be covering one man. He blew the coverage. 
they, that was when they had their shot in the second period. I think he played too much. No, I, I disagree. I disagree. I thought this was one of his best. I, this is one of his well, best what, games. What, okay, can you just tell me what he did great? What, what he was did the great. Best thing he did. Well, he he shut down Ryan Getzlaff's line all night long. He shut them down. Well, I think they shut themselves down. I don't think they played their best. Really? I think Nugent, they... Hop- I think, I think Nugent Hopkins was off. I think he was he wasn't playing up to his potential. He wasn't even playing close to his potential. He was well. He was I... missing he was missing his man, and they there was in the second period they were on a shorthand to play. Nugent Hopkins missed his man, and the guy shot it and almost scored. Okay, well, that's your opinion, but I mean, the the coaching staff thought that was one of his best games. Jack and Bob, who did the game, thought it. Jack thought it was the best game he's seen him play in six years, and I thought he had a very good game. So, all right, twelve twenty three in the morning. The Oilers win two one over the Anaheim Ducks. They lead the series two zip. If you're on hold, stay there. We're going to hear from Nugent Hopkins a little bit later on as well. We have our uh, finish the play contestant standing by too. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630. Tried to drop it for Dayarnay. Taken away by Jared Bowl. Ahead to Wagner, right wing, centering pass. Quick shot, gets up, and what a left pad save. Made by Cam Talbot, though he was wrong-footed. That's the story tonight. Cam Talbot, brilliant, 39 saves, stealing one for the Oilers. 2-1 is the final. Secker and Maroon, the goal scorers for Edmonton. Silverberg had the reply for Anaheim. Both teams 1-4 for four on the power play. How about this? The Oilers lead the series 2-0, coming home for games 3 and 4, Sunday and Wednesday, respectively, at Rogers Place. On the Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard, the St. Louis Blues win 3-2 over the Nashville Predators. That series is tied 1-1 in the Western Hockey League. Regina 5, Lethbridge 3. They lead the series 3-2 and Seattle beats Kelowna 5-3. So Seattle leads that series 3-2. Those are the conference finals. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for joining us tonight. We have Rocket at 780-496-0063. Hello, Rocket. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing well. You know what? This is uh, this is pretty impressive when you take take two games from uh, from Anaheim and you come back to Edmonton and it's it's sold out at Rogers Place at the five dollar ticket deal and and you know you know what do you what do you think is going to happen? Is is this a possible sweep? Well, I mean, the, the, the possibilities there because they're up two nothing. I, I think Anaheim's going to come with their best game in Game Three. I think when when a team's down two nothing, there's normally a reason why they're they're being outplayed. But in this series, I think the Anaheim Ducks could say, you know what, they're unlucky to be down two nothing. So they're going to come with a little bit of confidence still. That's why it's so important early in the game for the Oilers to get the lead. And then all of a sudden the doubt creeps into the mind of the Ducks. Right now they say, you know what, we got it, it's not deserved where we are right now. We deserve better than this. If they come get to a lead in Game 3, they'll say, look, here we go. We're going to win that Game 3 and go from there. But if the Oilers get a lead and all of a sudden the doubt's there on the bench of the Anaheim Ducks, then you can start to talk and sweep. But this, there's still a lot of series to be played in this. This Ducks team is good. And the the third game is very important. I've I've been on a team that went into Philadelphia once. We won both games in Philadelphia. Went up two, came home, lost game three, lost game four in a five overtime game, right. and never recovered and lost four. Ended up losing four straight. So, the odds are on the other side, but it, the 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 fourth game is the hardest, and they're not there yet. 
DW texting in. Can you guys tell me how an NHL referee doesn't call the hold on Getzlaff for grabbing McDavid and then Lindholm trying to make Maroon tap out with the UFC choke hold? I think the refs are being a little too favorable to a veteran team. I was wondering when we were going to get something on the officiating. Okay. Uh, that was a hold on Getzlaff. Absolutely should have been a penalty. I, you're going to bring up the same thing I'm going to with a minute 18 left yeah, in the with third. minute 18 left. The Anaheim Ducks down a goal, rush up the middle, and Jordan Everly, a huge corkscrew right at the blue line. That's a penalty at any time of any game all season long. And the fact that they didn't call that, I'm sure that the Anaheim Ducks were not happy. Uh, again, I don't think over the course of the playoffs that the Oilers are getting undeserved calls or getting undeserved calls against. I think that most times uh, the at the end of the night, whatever the ratio of penalties is probably close to what the ratio was during the game. Not all penalties are being called, but I mean, th- there was a couple they missed tonight Absolutely. on both sides, I mean, and they get, always will. left tackled McDavID. That should, no, it should have been, that should have been, should have been penalty. Silly one that it wasn't called. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how to argue any other way. It was a, a missed call, and the I guess there's a makeup late in the game when they didn't call the one on Jordan Everly. We have Kellyanne on the line. Hi, Kellyanne. Hi there. Go Hi. ahead. You say go ahead? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. You know how you guys are always talking about organization and team, the players? There's only one person I heard call it a family. And I think that was Gretzky. And the players are like a family. And now I see Gretzky out at the Anaheim games. When's Kate's going to show for our... Rogers games. I'm not sure, Kellyanne. Quite frankly, he could have been there. For all I know, I mean, he he has he, he has an he has an owner's box at Rogers Place, so he he could have been there. He doesn't often uh, make you know make it public. He's not overly you know look at Family. me type. But it, to me, I, I I don't think it matters at all to the players in the dressing no. room whether he's there or not. I think they're there for themselves and the, for the fans and for everything else. I don't think it make if he's there, it's not going to make them play better or play worse. So, uh, I, I to me, it's just a really a non-starter of a conversation. We have Scott on the line. Hey, Scott. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Love the show. Thank you. A uh, couple points. Uh, if that's not an example of a goalie stealing a game that you had no business winning, I don't know what is. Um, second point is, uh, kind of made me scream at my TV, was <laughs> when uh, it was late in the third period, and we had, uh, it was in the defensive zone, and uh, we had uh, forwards that were cheating on the other side of the defenseman. And the, the puck is, you know, not more than 15 feet away from the blue line. Yeah, you got to be standing in front of that pinching defenseman. Yeah, absolutely right. You're right. Well, I, we, we, we've said it here. Todd McCullen talked about it, and I'm sure all the players will too. This was not the Oilers' best game. And no. they, there was a lot of mistakes made, which created a lot of Anaheim Duck chances. And if the Oilers are going to move on, and that's by winning on home ice here, especially in Game 3, they have to be better. Because if the two teams come out in Game 3 and play the exact same way as they did tonight, my money's on Anaheim winning that hockey game. Because Cam Talbot was excellent, and you can't expect him to be that good every single night. No, not at all. I, I tell you right now, in years past, that's a 7-2 game. Yep. Uh, I'll ask you something, Rob. Uh, now, 
when Getzlaff held uh, McDavid off, uh, back, yep. it was almost a partial breakaway at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when I'm not criticizing McCullen at all, but at some point, do you call the ref over and say, hey, what's going on? Or do you just leave that alone? No, no, you you do talk to the ref. Now, obviously, sitting in a, a booth here in in Edmonton when the game's going on in Anaheim, you can't see if there are things being said. Yeah, I, I can't tell if, if Connor, and it's hard because Connor is a captain. He can't be the one really going over and talking because, well, you're just whining, kid. But someone does have to talk to the referee, and you do it respectfully. You go over there, you, you kind of rip tape off the end of your stick and hand it to him. And while you're t- handing it to him, you say, you know what, <laughs> I think you missed one there. I think, I think that was a hold. I mean, he had him beat. And then you listen to what the ref says, what he sees. And then you can argue with him in, in a respectful way and just let him know. And then the coaching staff, at the end of a period, or, or when there's a face-off near there, can whisper into the refs here, hey, I, you know what, McDavid is being hammered out there. Like he, he, They're all over him. And you let him be known that way. So I do believe that they do it. I just can't tell you for sure because sitting here not being in the rink, you can't tell. But you're absolutely right. You have to talk to the referees and let them know just so that it's in the back of their mind that the next time they see it, they will make that call. Scott, you're our finish the play contestant tonight. You already have won an eight-day parking pass to Jet Set We Park. Park cheap and easy. Visit JetSetParking.com. If you're correct, you'll be entered into the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Visit Integra Tire to experience service you can trust. Integra Tire, experience integrity. Head up against Getzlav who won it cleanly. Back to the point. Ripped off the... Ripped off the post or off the mask of Cam Talbot? Oh, I got to put him on the air again. Sorry, Scott. Go off the post or off the mask of Cam Talbot. Off the mask. <laughs> Head up against Getzloff who won it cleanly. Back to the point. Ripped off the helmet of Cam Talbot. He headed that one into the corner. Josh Manson, who can really shoot it, ripped it right off the helmet of Cam Talbot. And the uh, game stopped there as Talbot had a couple broken scott you win by the way stay on the line so so uh kellen can talk to you but there there's an interesting thing that we saw earlier this season mm-hmm. the the concussion protocol we we saw a goaltender it was smith in in phoenix that was pull, arizona that was pulled out of a game because they took a puck off the helmet and they pulled him out in the middle of a game and had to leave it was actually I believe in the third period and you and i are sitting here talking okay uh does he get pulled out for that and what a horrible moment in a game that would have been if all of a sudden there's a the referee comes over oh by the way cam you're gonna have to go into the quiet room and and talk for a little bit with a doctor don't worry we'll just carry on without you we'll put the backup in who hasn't played here in a while but uh he, he bounced back from that and he was none worse the wears he was absolutely outstanding for the edmonton oilers tonight 2-1 the final in favor of the oilers secker and maroon scored the goals let's go back to anaheim and hear from the big rig patrick maroon you say it's the right time uh it probably wasn't our best, but you know we knew they were going to throw the kitchen sink at us, and they, I thought they did. And uh, but for us, it was a gutsy win, and we found ways to get on the board early and play with the lead. And I thought we did a good job playing with the lead. How good was Cam? He was excellent tonight, and you know he's been, like I said, telling everyone all year he's probably been our best player all year, and uh, he made some key saves tonight. Is that his best game of the playoffs, obviously? I mean, he's had some really good games this series. Two shutouts the last series against San Jose. I mean, he's been excellent for us. And uh, like I tell him all the time, the goalies are supposed to stop the puck. <laughs> I know you're going to be careful with your words, but what does it mean to be up 2 nothing in this series, winning both on the road? Yeah, it means a lot. Uh, 
we didn't want to come here and split. We wanted to come here and win hockey games, and that's what we did. And I thought tonight was a gutsy win. Like I said, we started off with the lead, and we, we held it. You know, that's the hardest lead to hold in hockey. I thought we did a good job of doing that tonight. All right, that's Patrick Maroon, who gets his second of the playoffs tonight, right in front of the net, where he often is. Puck mm-hmm. goes in off his skate, turns out to be the game-winning goal. Somebody asking about the uh, hit stats, so I'll just quickly give some stats here. Uh, and, and again, the hit ta- stats you have to take with a grain of salt. 32-25 in favor of Anaheim. The shot attempts, so that includes shots on goal, shots that were blocked, and shots that go wide, were 75-48 for Anaheim. Oh, I I believe that. I believe Anaheim was in Edmonton's end twice as much as as Edmonton was in Anaheim's. Uh, The the Oilers did a good job of uh, blocking out, of blocking shots, of pushing things to the outside, not giving up a lot of rebounds. Having said that, they spent way too much time in their own zone and were very fortunate their goalie was locked in tonight as... Uh, as one of the, the, the callers said, this was on the back of, of Cam Talbot. They were fortunate to win, get a win, but I would rather play poorly and win in the playoffs yep. than play great and lose. And all you have to do is ask the, the coach of the Anaheim Ducks right now because his team played great and they came away with a loss. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We do have a couple open lines if you want to chime in. We have Jim on line six. Jim, thanks a lot for calling. Thank you. Uh, just, just wondering... Um, Darnell Nurse, I think it's time to call him out. I think he's the liability on the defensive core. Uh, he's not finishing his checks, uh, coughs up the puck a fair amount. I mean, he, he backtracks and, and usually corrects that, but tonight just a stupid penalty. And it, it, Had they lost this game, I think it would come back on him. I, I think Darnell struggled tonight. I think the, the one play that bothered me from Darnell was where he was carrying the puck up the right side in his own zone. He had Getzlaff bearing down on him, where the play there is to chip the puck off the glass and out. And just, you know what, it's in the neutral zone. Yep. They've got to leave the zone and, and regroup, and you can get everyone back into position. Instead, he came up, and he tried doing a 360 spinorama against the boards, and Getzlaff absolutely laid him out. And then the second Anaheim Duck, I believe it was Eves, was there to get the puck, and they got two really good scoring chances. And that, to me, is uh, inexperience. And maybe a little, I don't want to say arrogance, but a little bit of, of cockiness. And wanting to do something when you don't need to do it. And you're in a hockey game that's, you know, we, as we said at the beginning of the playoffs, every game in the playoffs is a one-goal game. And I don't care what series it is. It's just the way the playoffs go. To be, yeah. That's what he expects. You can't make that one big mistake. That was a risk-reward play where the risk was high. And the reward was, well, you're still 15 feet in your own zone if you get by him. So the reward was not worth the risk. So Darnell struggled tonight. I do not believe he will come out of the lineup. I think uh, as much as I like Eric Griba, I don't know if his speed is good enough to play right now, especially stepping in, having not played in, what, seven games or six games or whatever it's been. I think they'll still continue to ride Darnell Nurse, but he certainly will need to be talk to and will be by the coaching staff and they will show him video and he needs to be better going forward yeah fair point there good question though by by jim and again a lot of times when people ask about the lineup changes we're not always just giving our opinion we're guessing or reading into what we think todd mccollum will do and i don't think he's going to change this lineup unless there's an injury or an absolutely um 
like super disastrous performance. I, I mean, Nurse and Benning were limited tonight to just under 14 minutes, so they're they're not playing a lot. I mean, they're being treated like a true third pair, a couple of young guys. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, and I, I want to point this out to everybody because a lot of people have said, well, could Mark Fain go in? Could Griffin Reinhardt go in? Um, Jordan Osterley was called up. Those guys aren't even in Anaheim, right? Like, they're practicing. The, the Black Aces, as they're called, are not even with the, with the team. They're a totally separate group. They stayed in Edmonton and skated with, with Jerry Fleming. So Eric Griba is the other option on, on defense right now. That's how the Oilers are operating. And they won't move up unless there's an injury that allows someone into the lineup. Then the Black Ace will go and fill these the healthy scratch group. But, right. yeah, I mean, there's a reason that Reinhardt and, and Fain weren't here all season. They they aren't as good as what they have. Oilers win at 2-1 behind a brilliant performance by Cam Talbot. We'll keep taking your phone calls. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio 630. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio 630. Chad. It's a 2-0 series lead for your Edmonton Oilers. A Friday night theft by Cam Talbot. 2-1 your final score. 39 saves for the Oilers goaltender. Game 3, Rogers Place, 5 o'clock Sunday. Our broadcast will start at 3 in the afternoon. It will be loud. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for staying up with us. Well, it will be. It, it, well, you're right. It will be loud. It's going to be silly in there. And I think it's going to start well earlier, too. A Sunday, everyone downtown getting ready for an afternoon game. I think it's going to be, uh, uh, it's going to be a fun week in Edmonton right now. All right. We have Robert on the line, 780-496-0063. Hi, Robert. Hi, guys. How you doing tonight? Doing great. Well, well I want to talk about Talbot. Tonight, that's one of two things I want to talk about. Talbot tonight, his his rebound control was 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 beyond unbelievable. He's swallowing pucks, making the save, and uh, not not giving the duck second chances. And then then my 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 second thought is on uh, was on uh, um my second thought tonight was uh, regarding Darnell uh, Nurse and the, you know that. That pretty play he tried to make in his own zone. I think. I mean. I mean, any time of the year, but especially in the playoffs, like you guys said earlier, he's just, uh, he's got to get that puck out. Of yep, one hundred percent. Well, absolutely, absolutely, Robert. But I also think you know, and I understand you know things like that can be critical, and one mistake or one goal can change the complexion of the series. But, I mean, you also have to understand there, there is going to be learning on the fly. I, I mean, it'd be nice if every defenseman had played 500 or more games like Secker and Russell had. But, I mean, the reality is Nurse is going to keep playing. Benning is going to keep playing. And, I mean, even though the Oilers didn't have a lot going offensively tonight, I mean, there were probably the bottom three defensemen for the Anaheim Ducks who, who quite frankly, looked quite slow at times. So, I mean, you, that's, that's just the, the nature of the game. Yeah, but uh, but I think uh, but I think uh, I think another I think another thing that's been good too they've been uh, they've been, they've been a lot more disciplined in this series through the first two games than they were through the first first two or three games of the San Jose series. Yes, very true. And and I think that's huge. I think they've learned a player, especially a, a Cassian or, or a Maroon, they can be just as effective. And even more effective when they're doing the same things, yet they're doing it on the ice and they're not sitting in the penalty box. 
Thanks, Robert. Yeah. Appreciate you calling. 780-496-0063. We'll go to Mike on line four. Hello, Mike. Hey, guys. First off, I love, I love, I love the show. Thank you. And uh, I really think there's nothing to worry about. I think the Oilers have this. I think they're going to go all the way. And if if there's one guy left in these in this second round that deserves to lift the Stanley Cup, it's Henrik Lundqvist. And I know it's far out, but should the Rangers and the Oilers meet in the final, I hope it happens. I want you guys to comment on who's going to win that series. Well, Mike, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to <laughs> because it's a month away if well, that happens. When when we get there, if it does happen, we will certainly comment and comment on it at that time. Yeah. But right now, I think we're still got to comment on the the Ducks Oilers game three because it, it it's going to be pivotal. And it it's funny; it doesn't matter what the series is at. The next game is always the most pivotal game, and Game Three certainly will be again. I, I will say this though: if it, if that did happen, what a built-in storyline! The the teacher against the pupil—that's how it would be. Lundqvist against Talbot. But I mean, this is encouraging. The Oilers are, you know, like I've said before, they got to win two of five to to go to the, to the Western Conference Final, and then you're in the Final Four. But I mean, I I, I know I know everybody's excited, and we're, I'm not going to tell you not to be uh, excited. Because we know the misery you've been through, and you should be celebrating each playoff victory. But I want you to remember this. If the Oilers win this series and then were to be swept by Nashville or St. Louis, all of a sudden you'd feel like, oh, man, we're still eight wins away, right? So absolutely, enjoy the enjoy the ride. But that's why Rob and I don't start picking Stanley Cup finalists on, uh, I guess it's now April 29th because we're after midnight. Yeah, no, it, it, it's like, I'm not trying to, to be a Debbie Downer. Uh, it's to me, realistic. To me, it's enjoy every victory and just live in this one. Don't Absolutely. Look, yeah, don't look at the next series. Don't look at finals. Let's look at game three, and let's have an exciting Sunday. And after that, hopefully be celebrating Sunday night, and then we can look at the next one. All right, we have Ryan on line seven. Hi, Ryan, go ahead. Hey, I just want to uh, preface what I was going to say by what an unbelievable privilege it is that the Oilers are in the, the second round. But I guess I had two comments. One, is it really that? I know Darnell made a, a bad mistake on the spin around tonight, but is it really such a negative that we have two young guys embedding a nurse in the second round of playoffs, getting all this experience? And then two, um, you had a caller call in a little bit earlier about the the family impact of Gretzky and Kate. And I got to say, I agree, because when I looked at the bench in the third, and obviously Talbot's under siege, and we were kind of getting, getting under the game, um, you know, you just look at those guys looking up, and I know they're looking for Cates' son, the perfectly coiffed Afro, thinking, where is the family values in this game? But anyways, if you guys could talk about Nurse and Benning, that would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, well, I, I, I agree. I, I mean, the, the experience doesn't hurt. I mean, Rob's referenced the game when they lost to the Rangers and Benning bobbled the puck and it set up the Rangers' forecheck and they got a goal, and it was middle of November. And it was turned into a five-game losing streak for the Oilers. And and Todd McClellan said it after the game. I mean, you can't shelter your younger players all the time. And every, every roster has has young players mm-hmm. or, or inexperienced players. That's just the the nature of the team. So yeah, I I think that was that was a good point. I mean, you, I'd sooner have them getting the experience than have been out for a, three weeks like the last ten years. And, and just think how much better. Benning and Nurse will be in future years because they got to play in Stanley Cup playoffs in big moments. Um, at some point, 
Benning and Nurse, or, uh, Benning and Nurse, they will be the two guys that are out with 30 seconds to go game in the face-off in their own zone, game on the line. They're eventually going to turn into those guys, and they're going to have the experience from doing it as young kids. So I, I think that Tom McClellan and the coaching staff has done a wonderful job bringing those kids along, putting them in situations to see how they handle the stress level, but also putting them in situations where they can have success. And we've seen a ton of success from them. There's going to be mistakes, but as much as we picked out the nurse mistake tonight, I can go and pick out a Larson one. I can pick out a Clefbaum one, a Russell one. Everybody makes mistakes. Nurse just made a bigger one and one that can be corrected, and they're going to correct it before next game. Oilers win 2-1. They lead the series 2-0. We have Doug on the line. Doug, thanks for calling. Hey, how's it going, guys? Doing great. Ready to call our night almost, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, going forward, uh, listening to McClellan talk afterwards, talking about Kajula uh, being fine and whatnot, but if he's not able to go, uh, who do you guys envision coming in on the lineup? That's a good question. I would think they would go to Pacarinen. Okay. I would think so. I would, I mean, I would agree. a guy playing his off wing, but... Well, that's, uh, that's what I was thinking about, too. Uh, this game, the way this series is being played, it's... You know, and I'm a big heavy team. They play a heavy board game, and uh, part of our part of our game is getting the puck up and out of our zone. And I'm just wondering if he's on his off wing, if that's going to be a detriment. If I don't know who else you'd bring in, Harry. I don't know. I'm not sure. I I, I just think that. The, if you're first of all playing the off, I played my off wing the whole career, and, and these guys nowadays they're so good at it. It's not going to be a problem for a guy playing his off wing to be able to get the puck out of the zone. They they learn it at such a young age; they can adapt. As for who you bring in, bringing in a care, the problem for bringing with him, I mean, he's he's a young kid who doesn't have a whole lot of games under his belt. Now all of a sudden you're throwing him in huge game against the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, pressure on it. I just think Packerenen's the easy move. I think Hendricks has got the experience. I think Packerenen has better speed. So my guess, it's Packerenen. Although, uh, a putting Jujar in the lineup as a fourth-line guy, giving him seven, eight minutes, it's not, I, I don't think he'll kill you because he keeps it simple. But just from what we've seen, what Todd has done throughout the playoffs, throughout the regular season, I think Packerenen is number one on their list of players to come in in this situation. Yeah, he did play a playoff yeah. game earlier, so I, I would think that's the that's the way they would go. Again, Todd McClellan did say Drake Kajula is fine. That's all he said <laughs> uh, because that's, uh, that's all you get for uh, injury updates at this time of year. All right, if you're on hold, stay there. We do have to bring people the uh, news and weather here coming up at 1 a.m. Again, the other playoff game tonight it was uh, Nashville losing. St. Louis won. I don't know why I started with Nashville. It's getting late. Uh, St. Louis won the game 3-2. Tarasenko had two goals, including the game winner. So they go. Uh, the series is now tied 1-1, heading back to Nashville. The Western, the Eastern Conference series resume later today. Mm-hmm. Later today. Yeah, actually, in the, the, the St. Louis-Nashville game, we want to see that go as long as possible because if the Oilers are fortunate enough to get past the Anaheim Ducks, you want to see beaten up teams in the next round. You don't want to see a sweep. So that was good that St. Louis won tonight. All right, we're coming back after the news. Oilers take it 2-1. Talbot the star. It's Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. Now, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. The final... Edmonton Oilers 2, Anaheim Ducks 1. It was the Cam Talbot Show. 39 saves, 
12 in the first period, 11 in the second period, 16 in the third, 16 saves in the third period. Couple goal posts by Anaheim. By the way, the Oilers hit a crossbar on a power play in the second period. They did, and well, and any goaltender will tell you that when you hit a goal post, is because that's all I gave you. Exactly. So he had the angle. That's all you could put it. It's just it's just a louder shot that was going wide anyway. Actually, the one goal post that it was a deflection from in front by Eves. It was going through his legs and actually hit the back of his back foot, yeah, so he saved. and then went off the post. So it was a save. We have Omig on the line. Omig, thanks for thanks for calling. Hey guys, um, I'm from three hours south of you and a huge fan. Um, thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, good to hear from you. Hey, um, I just wanted to say I'm really impressed with the Oilers not conceding. Um, I've been a fan since they drafted Hall in 2010, and I remember that they would just get routed if they got if they got rattled at all. If they had a two nothing lead, they would just completely blow it and stop trying. And I really you know want to commend um the the coaching staff and the management in edmonton for really you know turning it around the past couple of years and it's been really exciting to watch um uh, uh oil hockey how come you started cheering for them in 2010 who who is your team before that um you know i was a flames fan and then my buddy got cut uh, so I was like, well, I'll just cheer for the others now. Your buddy got cut by the Flames? <laughs> yeah, he got cut by the Flames. Who was that? Uh, Dance Fest. Okay. All right. Well, I hope you enjoy the ride. Obi, thanks for calling. Hey, of course. Um, good luck this season, or the rest of the playoffs, guys. Right on. 780-496-0063. We have Michael on line two. Hi, Michael. Hello. Uh, do you think it's possible Edmonton can get change up their lineups like McDavid? And Zach Cassian, like put Cassian on McDavid's line. Yeah, or someone tougher like Maroon or someone like that. Yeah, well, Maroon's already on McDavid's line. I, I, I just don't think Todd's going to do anything drastic as long as they keep winning. He, I mean, he did swap Kajula and Maroon in the first round, Rob. But I mean, they've been pretty healthy and, and pretty steady with the lines for really the second half of the season. And the team. Came in the playoffs what twelve and two, twelve and two in the and last then, fourteen. Now then, they're six and two in the playoffs. Yeah, so I, I don't think you you don't change something that's working. And now not every game is going to be perfect, but you do like the results. And I say they're they're just going to keep riding this until it breaks. We have Steve on line six. Steve, good to hear from you. Hey guys, uh, amazing uh, results today. Uh, just a uh, point and a question. Um, point would be uh, when they. Uh, changed out uh, Graba for Benning. I think Benning's been amazing uh, for a young guy. So um, question is, uh, with Carlisle, uh, what do you guys think the uh, chances are he's going to change his lines up? Uh, there's been a lot of criticism over, over Perry. So really, that's a good question. Yeah. Sorry, Rob, to cut you off. I'll just quickly say, Steve, I don't know if, if you noticed, but he they basically used about seven forwards in the third period. Like, they really shortened the bench. And Perry actually did get some more looks late in the game with Getzlaff, but I, I, I agree. I'm shocked that Perry hasn't been playing with Getzlaff for the entire series. Now, obviously, we I, don't, I haven't seen Anaheim enough to know why that is the case, but just knowing the track record they've had together... Uh, I don't know if he's trying to have three even lines, but 
uh, it certainly hasn't worked now since they're 0-2. I would imagine Randy Carlisle will change his lines going into Game 3. I don't know what they will be. But when you've lost back-to-back games, you're going to make some changes. And Richie was a late scratch tonight because he was sick. I mean, I don't think that Jared Bowl is is a guy they there that would definitely play a lot. I mean, he played 405 yeah. tonight, so so that hurt them. But I also think on the back end, Steve, it's worth watching if if Vatanen is is healthy and able to come back. He, he's, he's a he's very a good, good player. hockey player. Yes. Yeah. All right, thanks, Steve. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll get to Dwayne and Colin in a second, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins, a sturdy game from him. Back to Anaheim. Here's the Nuge. Um, heading home, I mean, I know the city's going to be, uh, it's going to have a good buzz around it, and uh, we're excited to get back home and uh, see what the fans are like, and it's going to hopefully give us some new energy. Ryan, when your goaltender's playing that well, what does that do for the rest of the team as far as confidence? Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, your confidence starts from him on out, and um, I mean, all season it's, it's kind of been like that, the way that he's played, and uh, he's given us a chance in a lot of games, and um, I mean, tonight was no different. Just in general, with the way he played, was there a moment where you could see that he was ready to go? Was it before the game and warm up? When he skated, I mean, that was obviously a pretty good performance for him. Um, I mean, when you when you see him make the first few saves, and uh, he's so solid over the puck, and um, I think when he's he's playing really solid, he doesn't uh, give up r- many rebounds, and uh, uh, he keeps it in tight a lot. And uh, we saw that tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, at, at times, obviously, I mean, they're a good team. They're going to uh, come at you hard, and uh, especially when they're down uh, a goal or two. And um, I thought we responded pretty well. And uh, the last three, four minutes, I actually thought we did a pretty good job of uh, not giving them uh, two high-quality opportunities. All right, so that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins who picked up an assist tonight. And, uh, Rob, we should we should bring that up because he made an exceptional play, mm-hmm. not just to keep the puck in at the blue line on the power play, but then where he was able to put it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, it, it looked like it was going to be a clear by the Anaheim Ducks, and their players had moved up a little bit because they thought the puck's getting out. He made an unreal play, just walked across the blue line and then got the puck over to Jordan Eberle, who eventually set up Maroon. So that was a great play. And another one by... Nugent Hopkins, too, was uh, when he was killing a penalty. He They lost the face-off, and Fowler set up for a one-timer right in the slot, or excuse me, the, t- the high slot, and Nugent Hopkins came out and blocked that. Nabel got the puck down, and then actually created a, uh, a turnover and set up Puglia for almost a shorthanded chance. So Nugent Hopkins, as, as Jack said, had a very strong game, and I agree with that. And sometimes you, you don't just look at the stat pages to see what a player did. You don't look at points and assists. The fact that he shut down Getzlaff, who was all-world most nights, was good on Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Dwayne on the line. Dwayne, welcome to the show. Go ahead. How are you doing? Doing well. I'm from mid- down here in Midland, Texas right now, northern Alberta, guy, but down here working listening to you on 630 Chat. Oh, cool. Thanks. I don't I don't get you on the TV here, but I do in my other town. All I can say is Talbot, he's doing an amazing job, and the young kids they're they're doing really well, and but they got to help them out a lot more. We don't we don't need what happened in '06 there, and we lose our goalie and lose the cup. You're right. They they the Oilers need to be much better defensively than they were tonight come game three, come game four, or anything in the future. But it, it's nice to have a learning experience 
with a victory behind it. And I think that's what the others got tonight. They learned we some things some about themselves. Young kids on this team this year, like I've been in there since they were in the WHA prior to 78, and then they come into the NHL there. So you've been watching for a while, eh, Dwayne? Well, I had Gretzky scribble on my hat there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> cool. Well, now, are you going to be able to watch any any playoff games, Dwayne, or what's what's the deal? Hey, they got to get through this round, and Nashville's got to win that one because I'll meet my daughter in Nashville probably for the next round. So Good stuff. we we got to have a hometown boy there watching them later in Nashville. Right on. Dwayne, thank you very much for calling and listening, man. Have a great weekend. You too, buddy. That's Dwayne checking I, in from Texas. I, I like I like that. He had Dwayne scribble on my hat. <laughs> I like that. That was great. Love hearing from uh, fans from all around North America and the world. We had somebody from Australia tonight. We have Colin on line three. Colin, good to hear from you as well. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm hanging out in Fargo, North Dakota tonight. So. No, are you serious? <laughs> wow. Do they yeah. do they talk funny there like they do in the movie Fargo? <laughs> Oh, yeah, don't you know? <laughs> there we go. He's with it. Do. Especially when you get up north. So. But, uh, no, I I uh, didn't listen to much of this game because I was in and out of the truck all the time. But uh, I, I, I agree with what you guys are saying about the young guys. That you've got to give them the chance, good or bad. It, it kind of freaks me out sometimes when they're, they're, they're making what should be an obvious play and they just, like... They'll drop the puck and there's nobody there. You know, every so often it happens and you're like, what are you doing? But then what you're saying tonight, I just sat and thought about it, and you're absolutely right because if you don't give them the chance, they don't get to learn. Yeah, you're, you're right. They're learning in the most important games of the year. They're getting to learn at it. Now, there will come a time where there's a game that is a must-win and the bench will get a little bit shorter but it'll be shortened down to the players that prove that can play in stressful situations. And that's what you're finding out right now, which players rise to the occasion and which players, you know, they turn away a little bit. So it's good that you can learn, and it's good that you can learn in wins. And I think that's been important too is even when these kids are learning, they're coming out with victories at the end of the night. makes it a little bit easier. The solid, the, like the, the solid veterans they've got, I mean, back to when when they were just kind of talking to Lucic, he wasn't actually signed yet. It, it was pretty sure he was going to, but they were just talking to him, and you know, he almost comes off as sounding pretty prophetic, doesn't he? Yeah. What he was yeah. saying was, "This is the, this is this is going to be the this will be the team to be on. This will be the place where I want to be." And and people said, "Oh yeah, right. You know, like big deal." But looking back, it's like, well, I guess he was paying attention, wasn't he? Right. Yeah. yeah and players do player. Players are the ones, if you ever want to find out which teams are good, which teams are going up, which teams are going down, talk to players because they're the ones that know because they're the ones that are out there on the ice and they play against these teams. They can see which teams are on the rise and which ones aren't. And when a team is on the rise and you have an opportunity to go there, you want to be part of it. And if anyone that's ever been on a championship team, they say, all right, this one, I might have another kick of the can if I go over to this team here. Look at the young studs that they got. I want to be part of that right from the ground floor up. And when Milan Lucic came, I mean, it meant other players wanted to be part of it. And it's just going to keep going that way. All of a sudden, Edmonton was not a place that you would think free agents would want to go to. When the team starts winning hockey games and starts competing for the Stanley Cup year after year, 
players are going to start wanting to be part of that. Yeah, and you get McDavid, and I, I just always used to get so sick of of like, well, the, you know, it's the weather, and it's too far north, and and uh, there's a there's potholes on my street. Like I I understand that you know it's we're not it's not a warm place to live for most of the year. You know, I understand it's not Manhattan, but you got to remember, pro hockey players play to win. To win, and I always thought if if a guy chooses Florida so he can golf on his off days, then I'm not sure how he committed how committed he is to you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, no, I agree. If it comes down to that. No, you're right. I, I'm not obviously guys are gonna enjoy life on their no, time off, and but, some some guys don't have as many choices to where to go. But sure. I, to me, that the biggest example is. For how many years did the Detroit Red Wings sign good free agent after good free agent after good free agent? And sometimes at a discount. Yes, and if you've been to Detroit, it is not a bustling, wonderful, beautiful town. And their arena is not a great place. You don't get to walk downtown and hang out downtown. Yet people kept going there. Why? Because every year the Detroit Red Wings, they competed for the Stanley Cup. And that's why every player that's... Your first goal is to make the NHL to play that one game in the NHL, your next goal is to win a Stanley Cup. So any guy that's become a free agent, he will look at teams that have a chance to compete to be to win Stanley Cups. And Edmonton is a team right now on the rise, and the free agents are going to start looking here. They're two wins away from the West Final. They lead the Ducks 2-0 in the second round, a 2-1 victory this evening with Cam Talbot leading the way. We'll bring in Darren on the open line when we get back. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on 6.30 Chet. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Talbot makes the saves. Sekera and Maroon get the goals, and the Oilers have a 2-0 series lead on Anaheim. Game 3 coming up Sunday at Rogers Place. That'll be fun, to say the least. We have Darren on the open line. Hey, Darren. Hello there. How are you? Doing well. Good to good to hear or good to talk to you, uh, Robin Reed. Um, Long time listener, first time caller. I've uh, been a fan since day one of the Oilers. <laughs> day one, day one, like back WHA day one. Yes, sir. Wow, <laughs> nice. Yeah, well, you've seen some good. You've seen some bad. You've now we're starting to see the good again. Oh, we've seen some good for a long time, and then we've seen the bad, and now it's all turning around. And I can see why. Um, one thing I wanted to point I wanted to make was uh, a long time ago, Coach McClellan said, uh, folding your hand, you know. And, uh, you know, that was something, you know, I kind of read into it or tried to or whatever. But you could tell that a lot of the players – you know when they when things started turning around, it wasn't just the players; it was him too. You know, he hung in there for the players that were, you know, being called out and told. You know, you heard so many callers say, "Get rid of this guy, Nuge and uh, Eberly and Pouliot and all the, you know, all those guys." But um, you know what? You give them a chance, and they're coming around. They really are. And I think uh, that's what's driving driving it right now. And and uh, I sure hope 
you know, we see a Stanley Cup here at some point. <laughs> Darren, that's a great call to wrap up the show. Thank you so much for calling. Absolutely. All right, so the Oilers win it 2-1. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. The Oilers lead the series 2-0. They're back at it Sunday at Rogers Place. Our broadcast will start at 3 with the City Ford Faceoff show. Puck drop will be at 5. That is going to be a beauty, Rob. It's going to be loud. Bring your yelling voices, bring your screaming, and maybe bring some earplugs. It's going to be rocking at Rogers. Don't forget more on the team on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. On behalf of Rob Brown, my name is Reed Wilkins. Coming up to 126. Thanks so much for staying up with us. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Sunday afternoon. Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.